0: Brothers and sisters, I'd like to greet all of our Living Word Churches uh, all over the Philippines and also in different parts of the world. Allow me also to greet our viewers from the United States of America, from the United Kingdom, from Canada, from Australia, from New Zealand, and even those in Southeast Asia. Allow me to greet our brethren from Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore. Let me also greet those who are in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, Dubai, and everywhere else. Good day to all of you and I pray that today will be a great day of blessing and praising God and at the same time learning from God's Word. But before I share to you some of the announcements, this week has been a very sad week for Christendom because we have lost a mighty voice in the person of Ravi Zacharias. It is quite unfortunate that in this great crisis that we are now facing, we have lost a voice that has provided stability, security, and hope. But then again, we know that it is our God who is sovereign. And although the work under Ravi has been completed, we know that many others will now step up to the plate. As Ravi himself said, John Wesley died, but the work of God continued. Ravi Zacharias died, and the work of God will still continue. So we thank the Lord that uh, his life was indeed a blessing to us, and he is right now enjoying the very presence of God. As the Bible says, to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. In my Facebook post, I gave a very small uh, tribute uh, to add to the many other tributes that were given to this man of God. And in my Facebook post, I said that he is truly a servant of God. He not only spoke well, but he lived well and that is why he will be sorely missed by the body of christ allow me to share a little testimony of my encounter with rabbi together with my wife Uh, there was a spiritual retreat that was held in Shangri-la hotel about three years ago and it so happened that my dear mentor and good friend pastor Edmund Chan and his wife Anne were also part they were participants of that spiritual retreat. They were likewise teachers. And so Ravi came alongside to be one of the teachers. And so thankfully, he invited me for breakfast so that I could meet up with uh, Ravi. And when I met Ravi, he said to Edmond Chan, Did you prepare him for the anticlimax? And he was actually referring to himself as the anticlimax. So we spent about two hours, two full hours of uh, conversation. And there was not a trace of pride, arrogance that I saw in him. All I saw with Ravi was warmth, kindness, and graciousness. And nevermore did I experience his graciousness than when I asked him to make an endorsement of my book, my second book, which is More Than Enough. And as I wrote him in that email, he said that thankfully he was going to be on a long flight and so he was going to read my manuscript and true enough, after reading the manuscript in just one week's time, he gave me his endorsement. So I'm just so happy and so blessed that uh, this was uh, given to me as a privilege by the Lord, that he could write an endorsement for me even before he passed away. So again, to Ravi, uh, I am sure that the Lord has met you and he has said to you, well done, good and faithful servant. For now we say goodbye until we meet in heaven, God bless you and God bless our viewers. Allow me now to go to some of our announcements. All our services are still suspended until further notice. We are still in ECQ and we do not know how long this was last, although we have been given a date, uh, May 31. However, everything is still quite fluid, so we don't know how this is going to pan out. So we enjoin you to watch the coverage of our service every Sunday at 9 o'clock in the morning. Kindly visit our Facebook page, Living Word Christian Churches of Cebu, International Incorporated, and also check out our website, www.livingword.ph. We also have a YouTube channel in which you can view all of our services. Our sermon can likewise be heard over DYFRFM 98.7 every Saturday and Sunday at 8 p.m. We are also seen on Sky Cable Channel 54 from Monday to Saturday at 8 o'clock in the evening. Also, kindly check our Facebook page for daily activities as we have lined up many posts catering to our youth, our young adults, our couples, those who are worship lovers, those who belong to the children's ministry, and others. We likewise have a daily soul care devotional in the hope that we could encourage and edify you every single day. Also, as I mentioned to you, my next book, More Than Enough, is about to be released. I'm so thankful to God that Ravi Zacharias was able to come up with an endorsement for this book, something that I will forever be grateful to the Lord and to Him as well. So while we are still in lockdown or enhanced community quarantine, we will be pre-selling the book at 300 pesos. The regular retail price is 350 pesos, so you get to save 50 pesos. The book is about learning how to conquer trials and sufferings a book that will somehow help us during this great epidemic which, according to the World Health Organization, will be staying with us for maybe at least two years. Kindly text your orders to 931 And also, we have a new gospel center Discipleship Material entitled Knowing Christ. It is available for only 150 pesos. Kindly text the number on your screen. Please do not also forget our interactive midweek table talk every Wednesday live at 2 p.m. Now, I have noticed that in our table talk sessions are a lot of questions in regard to eschatology or the doctrine of the last days. I somehow feel in my heart that the leading of the holy spirit is for me now to do a series on the book of revelation so i want you to be all expectant and excited with this brand new series as we talk about the last days we talk about the tribulation period as well as the millennium so please uh, invite as many friends as you can to join our table talk sessions as we begin a new series on the book of Revelation. Please do not also forget that at 2 p.m. every Friday, we have live intercession. What I do there is I give a short word of exhortation, and then we enter into intercession for our country, uh, for the churches, for our own church, and for many other concerns. So I hope you can join us also every Friday at 2 p.m. I'd also like to thank the people who have been faithful uh, in their participation in the work of the Lord. They have continued to give and uh, share uh, to the church to participate in God's work of evangelism and the preaching of the gospel. I'd like to thank you personally because the work of God is able to continue because of you. And for those of you who are members of Living Word or those of you who are viewers and you would also like to participate in helping us out, continue the work of the Lord, we have some giving channels. You can deposit your love offerings to the following banks. Banco de Oro, account name is LWCCCII. The account number is 001001. 00060800. And then we have a BPI account or a Bank of the Philippine Islands. The account name is Living Word Christian Ministries Cebu Incorporated. Account number is 1021023481. We also have an RCBC account. Account name is LWCCCII. Account number is 1452005286. You may also send your love offerings and donations online through our website. Go to www.livingword.ph, click the word give, and click on your giving preferences. We are now ready to go to God's Word. The title of this morning sermon is God, Our Builder. We will be taking our text from Psalm 127. It reads, A song of ascents of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them! They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies, In the gate. Shall we bow our heads in prayer at this time? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this wonderful opportunity during this Lord's Day to expound on your word. Indeed, your word is a lamp unto our faith. And you yourself said, Jesus, that the words that you speak they are spirit. And their life. And Lord, what gives us strength, what gives us hope, what gives us encouragement, is your word during this very difficult crisis that we are facing. And so we are thankful, Lord, for this gift that you have given to us. So my prayer to you, O God, is that I might do justice in the exposition of your word. Allow me, Lord, to even go beyond the manuscript that I prepared so that I might speak to the inner recesses of everyone's soul. Allow me to speak things, Lord, that people need to hear at this time. I pray even that there will be souls that will be harvested with the preaching of your word. Anoint my lips, anoint my mind, and anoint the people's hearts as well, O God, so that together, Lord, as we study your word, it will result in a grand worship that reaches your very throne. Lord, whatever is achieved today, we will be very careful to give you back all the glory All the praises and thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Once again, good day to everyone. Now, one of the highlights of our trip to Israel was a visit to a village that was called the Nazareth Village. Of course, it was within the city of Nazareth itself. And I say that this was one of the highlights of our trip because we were treated to a reenactment of first century life. And that is exactly what we experienced at that time. And one of the things that was of particular interest to me was our visit in the place where there was a carpenter. Now, if I talk to you about a carpenter nowadays... What is the first thing that will come into your mind? Well, I think that for most of us, when we think of carpenter, we think of somebody who does woodwork. Somebody who does probably a pulpit just like this, or tables, or chairs, or maybe even some of the furniture in the house. And so our thinking in the 21st century is that a carpenter is somebody who does woodwork. Now, in our trip in Nazareth Village, it was explained to us that a carpenter was not merely somebody who did woodwork. He actually did practically everything. So I think the more accurate term for somebody of that nature would be a builder instead of a carpenter, something that we could relate to would be the term builder. Jesus was a builder. So not only was he in woodwork, he was in construction work. He was doing concrete work. So all the works, whether it was building a boat, or building a house, or building furniture, whatever it is, Jesus was the jack of all trades. Now, of course, in our day and time, we have this saying that if you are the jack of all trades, you are the master of none. But I think that is different when it comes to our dear Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that not only was he a jack of all trades, he was a master builder himself. And that is something we can be sure of. Whatever work Jesus did, it was not shoddy work. It was always excellent work. And my imagination is after Jesus had constructed a house or after he had built a boat, after he had made uh, a table or a chair, whatever it is that was required of him from his clients and customers, They were all very much satisfied. I'm sure if there was quality control during that time, Jesus would always pass with flying colors. His work must have been perfect. And you know what? Up to today, the Lord Jesus Christ is in the business of building. He is in the business of building His church. Did he not say in Matthew 16, I will build my church? But not only is he the builder of the church, he is also the builder of our lives. And practically everything else in our lives, the Lord Jesus Christ is supposed to be the builder. Now, if I were to come up with a bottom line to this preaching, if there's one thing I would like to hammer to all of you, I pray that you will allow Jesus to become the builder of your life. And you will never, ever go wrong if you allow Jesus to build every aspect of your life. Now today, as we go to Psalm 127, I see two applicational points. And I'd like to share them to you at this particular time. First, In verses 1 to 2, the applicational point is, make God the builder of your life. In verse 1, we find Him as the builder of our family life. Also in verse 1, we find Him as the builder of our city life. And in verse 2, we find Him as the builder of our work life. Now, our second applicational point is enjoy the building of God in your life as found in verses 3 to 5. In verse 3, we find children as gifts. In verses 4 to 5, we see children as weapons. And in verse 5, we see children as defenders. Now, we find that at the beginning of this psalm, we have a title and the title is A Song of Ascents: Solomon. Now this was sung by the pilgrims as they were coming from all over the cities and provinces all the way from the north, south, east and west as they congregate in one place and that is the place of Jerusalem where the Temple Mount was located. And during their pilgrimage, during their travel all the way to Jerusalem, they would sing many of these so-called songs of ascents. And they would sing it reminding themselves that God should be right at the very center of their lives. And using this psalm as our basic context, they should allow God to become the builder of their lives. Now, in verses 1 and 2, we speak about making God the builder of your life. So we begin with the family life in verse 1. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Now, since Solomon is the author of this particular psalm, and similarly, it is also a song of ascents, Therefore, a lot of Bible scholars believe that the house that is being spoken of here would be the temple in Jerusalem. Now, this is one possibility since, after all, they were supposed to sing this song as they made their pilgrimage all the way to Jerusalem. The basic principle, however, here is all-encompassing. And it is this, that we must allow God to build Every aspect of our lives. In anything that we do, in any enterprise, God must be the builder. And so let me pause at this time and let me ask you this question. Do you think that God is the builder of every aspect of your life? When it comes to your family life, when it comes to your work life, when it comes to your career when it comes to your dealings in society and dealings with other people, is God the builder of your life? Hopefully, my dear brothers and sisters, this is what will happen or take place in our lives, that God would be the builder of everything that you and I do. Now, another possibility, according to some Bible scholars, is that this is actually talking about the household. And the reason why they believe that is because of the context that is provided for us in verses 3 to 5. Now, it is a given that if God is not at work in our families, our families would be one big mess. And this is actually the story that I can share to you as well. Before my family met the Lord Jesus Christ, our family was one big mess it was a dysfunctional family there was anger there was hatred there were abusive words that were spoken we were like strangers in one house and that was true in terms of my relationship with my brothers and that was also true in terms of the relationship of my mom and my dad as well but you know things began to change When Jesus was put right at the very center of our family. And so our family now became a house of refuge. A place of warmth. A place of love. A place of forgiveness with Christ at the very center of our family. And that is my hope and my prayer for all of you. That God would build your homes. God would build your family life. That is why verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. My question, however, is Does this verse suggest a passive, inactive stance, or does the Bible want us to be proactive as well? Now, clearly, the scripture teaches us that we must submit and participate in this work of building our house. Now, how does this pan out according to the Scriptures? Well, there are three things I would like to share to you. Number one, teach Scripture. Number two, live Scripture. And number three, pray according to Scripture. Let's begin with teaching Scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6, it says, These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Once again, we find here that the Bible exhorts and admonishes the parents to teach their children the Scripture. And I think when we think about our quarantine situation, this is actually a very ideal situation because we are, with our children, basically 24-7. Now I know that sometimes our children can be a handful and oftentimes we can be irritated or even annoyed by some of their ways. Sometimes they could be stubborn, sometimes they could be hard-headed, And oftentimes, it's quite difficult to even be able to share the Scriptures to them. But let me tell you, brothers and sisters, we have a duty and a responsibility as parents to teach the Scriptures. I just wonder what you're doing right now in your own homes. Are you simply allowing your children to watch Netflix? Or are you simply allowing them to watch video games? just so they won't bother you, just so they won't disturb you. I hope that you are not allowing yourself to escape from this responsibility that God has given to you. You need to take seriously what the Bible says. So once again, dear brothers and sisters, please teach your children the scriptures. This is the best time for you to be able to do it. Do not waste This pandemic crisis. God has allowed you to be uh, having this wonderful time with your children. So do not waste it. Number two, you are to live scripture. Live scripture. Our walk must match our talk. Otherwise, whatever we do becomes useless. I'd like to share to you from Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 and following. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and slammed against that house, yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now you and I, without argument, are in a very difficult crisis A crisis that you and I have never ever met in our own lifetime. So my question to you, dear brothers and sisters, is how is your house? We are told here in the scriptures that the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, and it slammed against the house. How is your house right now? Is your house still standing up? Is your house still standing firm? Or is your house broken right now? Is your house destroyed by this pandemic crisis? Now it all depends on whether you have lived out Scripture in your life. We are told that if we allow ourselves to live out Scripture in our lives, the winds will come, the floods will come, the storms will come, but our house will remain standing strong. And this is my hope and my prayer to all of you that your house is standing strong. That is why I think we need to take stock of ourselves. We need to do a reevaluation of our lives and find out Am I following what the Bible is saying? Am I obeying the commandments found in Scripture? Because that is my only hope for my house to remain standing at this time. Sadly, I've been hearing that there are some couples right now who have been fighting, who have been quarreling in the midst of this pandemic crisis. Now I understand the pressure is really strong upon us. The pressure financially is very strong. The pressure for us to secure a future for our family, is something that is quite daunting. So I understand the anxiety and the pressure that you and I are in. And it's possible that some of us are losing our sleep. It is possible that some of us are losing our peace of mind, maybe even our own sanity. And so I would like to admonish you that this is the time not only to read scripture, not only to study scripture, but to apply the scripture in our lives. By doing that, we're building a very, very strong foundation for our own family. Not only in terms of marriage, but in terms of raising up our children. Now, Jesus can never be wrong. Remember what we mentioned about the first century car- carpenter, that he was a builder? Jesus could not go wrong. He would never ever build a house on sand. We can be sure that if Jesus built a house, He would build it on a rock. He would build it on a solid foundation. And that is what you and I need to do. We need to build our lives on solid foundation. We cannot build our lives on the opinions of our neighbors. We cannot build our lives on the opinions and perspective of politicians. We cannot build our lives on the basis of what our friends or relatives are saying to us. We need to build our lives on something that is solid, something that is certain, something that is secure. And only the Word of God can do that for us. So I hope that you are not lazy in the study of scripture I hope that you are not lazy in obeying what Scripture says because that is your hope for a stable and secure life right now. So don't just teach Scripture, live Scripture. But here's another thing that's very important for you to do. You need to pray according to Scripture. In Matthew 26 verse 41, Jesus said to his disciples, Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now one of the things that I am quite afraid of for a lot of us is that we might be finding ourselves in the internet most of the time. Probably it might occupy practically maybe half of the time that we are awake. And there are certain peculiar dangers to that, because it's always possible to access internet pornography. And sometimes, it can even happen unintentionally or inadvertently. I've heard of some uh, churches that have sued a particular server, because while they were doing Bible study, somebody was able to hack into their account and show pornographic videos, pornographic material. So it is possible that even when you are not looking, it might even happen inadvertently, unintentionally. And so what is my fear? My fear is that you might fall into temptation. That is why it is not enough for you to simply... Read scripture, live out scripture. You also need to pray according to the scripture. Jesus himself said that we need to keep watching and praying that we may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus Christ himself, in his humanity, prayed every single day. We are told in the scriptures that he would wake up early in the morning. He would wake up during dawn time. And he would pray. At times he would pray all night. This was the lifestyle of Jesus Christ. And even right now, while the Lord Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, He lives to make intercession for us. Jesus continues to be a prayer warrior up until today. And we need to be praying for ourselves, we need to be praying for our marriage, we need to be praying for our children, we need to be praying for our country, we need to be praying for our city and our community. There are so many things that we need to pray for, otherwise you and I might fall into temptation. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, with all prayer and petition at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Once again, just to repeat the verse, it says in verse 18, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. So again, we're talking about a lifestyle of prayer we cannot survive in this pandemic crisis without prayer because it is prayer that strengthens the inner man it is prayer that garrisons our minds with peace it is prayer that causes us to be sensitive to the holy spirit it is prayer that causes our steps to be ordered by the lord That is why we need prayer. Prayer is a sign of humility. It is a sign of dependence upon the Lord. It is saying to God, Lord, I am weak, I am vulnerable, I need you. Lord, we are the branches. You are divine. And as branches, Lord, we cannot survive. We need to attach ourselves. We need to abide in the vine. And Lord, you are divine. And by abiding in the vine, one of the things we can do is we need to pray. And the Bible says, in fact, here, pray at all times in the Spirit. Now, what does that phrase mean, in the Spirit? It means that our prayers are to be begun by the Spirit. In the middle, we need to continue to be led by the Spirit. And our prayers need to be ended by the Holy Spirit. In other words... As we pray we need to seek the assistance of the holy spirit and by that we can be sure that we will be praying according to the will of god in first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 it says pray without ceasing pray without ceasing and again this speaks about a lifestyle of prayer it doesn't mean that every second every moment we just keep on praying. It just means that we are continually aware of God. That every single moment that there is an opportunity for us to pray to the Lord, we need to take that opportunity. We need to seize that opportunity and pray before the Lord. And friends, what does the Bible say? The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The prayer of a righteous man avails much and that is what you and i need to be doing at this time so if we're going to build a great family life a successful family life if we're going to build a successful marriage it is because we live scripture it is because we teach scripture and it is because we pray according to scripture now let's go And examine further verse 1, which talks about building our city life, or God building our city life. It says here, unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. Now another interesting thing that we found in the Nazareth village is a watchtower. Now, we'd like to show you a picture of the watchtower. Now, you will notice that it is nothing that sophisticated. Now, of course, this was because Nazareth was a small village. It was a small city. It did not have to have a sophisticated watchtower. Now, in a big city like Jerusalem, obviously, they had sophisticated and stronger, uh, stronger uh, watchtowers but what i'm showing to you right now is the possible uh, features of a watchtower in a small village now normally a watchtower is situated in an elevated place of the city most probably above a hill now in the watchtower a watchman is assigned now what is the work of the watchman the work of the watchman is to see whether there are invading armies or invading beasts that might actually threaten a city. Now, it is the job of a good watchman to stay awake, most especially at night. And so, if you have a watchman that sleeps during the nighttime, then the city might be in danger from beasts or invading armies. Having said that, however, a watchman can only do so much. And that is why here, going back to the text, it says, Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. Therefore, the safety and the security of a city does not really depend so much on a watchman. It really depends on the Lord. The security and the stability and the safety of a city depends on the Lord. That is why we need to rely and depend on the Lord at all times. Even our entire nation should be depending on the Lord. I'd like to share to you Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34 at this time. It says, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin exalts. Is a disgrace to any people. This is the reason why I believe that we must not only seek God as individuals, I believe, if possible, our entire nation should seek God because if we seek God and righteousness reigns in our country, the Bible tells us that righteousness will exalt that nation. However, if there is sin, it would be a disgrace to any people. Now, this is my hope for our country. For the past uh, 34 years or so that I have been ministering, God has laid upon me a great burden in my heart. And one of the things I know has happened to me ever since I became a Christian is I became a Christian patriot. One thing that can never be removed from me is my love for the country. But I believe the most significant contribution I can ever make to this country is the proclamation or the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I believe that if our nation is going to survive, if our nation is going to thrive, if our nation is going to be successful, God must be at the center of this nation and that is not going to happen unless people receive and embrace the gospel in their lives. Why? Because it is the gospel that will change the hearts and the minds of people. We cannot moralize people. We cannot reform people. Only God can bring about a true and lasting change in our country, in the lives of our people. That is why I keep on preaching the gospel. Now, as I mentioned to you at the beginning, we have lost a mighty voice in the person of Rabbi Zacharias. And that, of course, saddens my heart. But at the same time, the work of God continues on. We must step up to the plate. We must proclaim the gospel. And I have been doing that during this pandemic crisis. You have noticed that in my videos, whether it was the table talk or live intercession or even the Sunday sermon, I always include the gospel because my hope and my prayer is that there will be a harvest of souls. When individuals are changed, families get changed. And when families change, the community changes. And when the community changes, the city changes. When the city changes, the province changes. And when provinces change, the whole nation is changed as well. Now, I'm not being idealistic to the point that I am being unrealistic. This has happened in the history of the world. This is what is called by Bible scholars as the redemption and lift principle. There were many, many countries in the past that were on the verge of a civil war. That were on the verge of of national apathy and national destruction. And yet, because of the mighty preaching of God's word, the destiny of that nation was changed. And that is my hope and my prayer. So my prayer to you, brothers and sisters, is please do your part. Don't just allow me to to be the one to proclaim the gospel. I I thank you, brothers and sisters, that some of you have been liking and sharing this video. I, I thank you that you have been sharing it on Viber as well as on Messenger. But we can do so much more. Maybe we can make phone calls to our friends, to our schoolmates, to our office mates. Maybe this could be a time wherein we could also have a video conference. And by doing that, we can share the gospel to them. Provide genuine hope through the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is something that you and I can do. Our hope as a city, our hope as a province, our hope as a nation hinges on the Lord. Because God is the Lord of nations. Let us allow God... To build our city. Let us allow God to build this province. Let us allow God to build this nation. And I guarantee you, this nation will not be the same. We will rid ourselves of corruption. We will rid ourselves of unrighteousness. We will rid ourselves of immorality. We will rid ourselves of perversion. These are things that will be removed when when God begins to change our hearts when we make Jesus the Lord and the Savior of our lives. And that is my plea to some of you right now who are listening to me. Receive Jesus into your life. Let Him build your life. Let Him build our city. Let Him build our family. Let Him build every aspect of our lives. And I tell you, you will never, ever regret it. In the 36 years of my being a Christian, I have not once regretted my entering into God's kingdom. And you will not regret it either. Now, not only must we allow God to build our families, Not only must we allow God to build our city, we must also allow God to build our work life. And that is found in verse 2. Let me read to you verse 2. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for He gives to His beloved even in his sleep. Now in this verse, we find a study of contrasts. First of all, I'd like to be able to talk about people who do not make God the builder of their lives in their workstation. Now, it is possible that in your work life, you have achieved a certain level of success. It is possible that you have gained much profit. It is possible that your business is expanding or your career is on the ascending note And so it is possible that right now you're very high and you're feeling very proud that you've achieved a lot of things. But let me tell you one thing, if God is not at the center of your life, if God is not the builder of your life, while it is possible that you are very, very successful, it is possible that you are now living a life of anxiety, a life of restlessness, a life even of pain. Because success is no guarantee that you have peace of mind. In fact, it is possible that you are even losing your sleep, most especially right now in this pandemic crisis. I got hold of some statistics that there are estimates right now that around 2 to two and a half million people have lost their jobs in our country. Can you imagine the magnitude of unemployment two to two and a half million people losing their jobs? That is why, going back to verse 2, it says, It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved, even in his sleep. Now, going back to the statistics, I found out that there is a projection that if this continues on, we stand to lose five million jobs in the future. Five million jobs. Right now, many airlines are filing for bankruptcy. Their airlines are cancelling their orders for more airplanes. And they're laying off a lot of their people. This is really very, very sad. And once again, it tells us that if the Lord is not with us in a snap, we can practically lose everything. We are told the story by the Lord Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 12, verse 16. A parable, in fact, which I would like to share to you. And it says here, And he told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself saying, What shall I do? Since I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said, You fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And now, who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. Now think about the lesson in this parable. This man lost all of the things that he had gained as a result of all the labor that he had done. He lost everything. There was no longer any room for expansion. There was no longer any room for him to do any more business. He lost Everything. And that is something that can happen to us as well in this pandemic crisis. We can practically lose everything. We never saw this coming. We had business projections, we had plans as to what we would do in the future. We had strategies, we had advertising campaigns, we had ways and means by which we could procure more profit. But look at what has happened right now. Everything is in a mess. We're back to zero. We're back to the drawing board. We're back to planning once again. We're back to reinventing ourselves or maybe repackaging ourselves. We are back to rethinking how we do business right now because we are right now in a new normal. And so for some people, you may have lost everything. Just like in this parable, he lost everything. But more than that, and this is what I am so fearful, he lost his soul. And while it might be true that you lost your job, while it might be true that your business might be on the verge of bankruptcy, here's one thing you still have. You still have your soul. And your soul is the most important thing for you right now. Because if you lose your soul, you will spend it for the rest of eternity in hell, in torment, where the fire is never quenched, where the worms will eat up your body, where there will be weeping and gnashing of your teeth. Right now, what is happening to us is a wake-up call. God is giving us a sense of our own mortality so that we might understand what is truly important. What is truly important for us and what is important right now is having a relationship with Christ. What is important right now is if ever it happens that I have COVID-19, God forbid... If ever I have COVID-19 and I die, if I die, I would go to be with God in heaven. To be absent in the body, it says, is to be present with the Lord. That is my hope for you. That is my desire for you. Because even COVID-19 cannot take away what God, what Christ has accomplished for you. And that is eternal life. Would you be willing right now to receive Christ in your life? Your only hope, my dear brothers and sisters, is Christ. There is no human remedy for sin. Let me just repeat myself. There is no human remedy for sin. If you're thinking that your good works will save you, it will not. Because the Bible says that your good works are nothing but filthy rags in the sight of God. The Bible says in the book of James, if we stumble at the one point of the law, we have broken all of the commandments of God and we stand condemned in the very presence of the Lord. So our only hope is to receive Christ in our lives as our Savior, a Savior who will cleanse us. From all our sins, our past, our present, and our future sins. A God who will cause us to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Who will change our lives. The moment we receive Christ, we are assured of eternal life. If, If ever it comes to a point that we lose our very lives, our physical lives we are assured that we shall be with God in heaven where there is no more weeping, no more pain, no more sickness, and no more death. And that is my hope for you. But in the meantime, if God still has plans for you, let Him be part of your work life. Let Him be part of your business. Let Him be part of your career let him be part of your sustenance let God build your business let God build your work life let God build your career let Christ be at the center of everything that you do now here's what happens if you and I put Christ at the center and make him the builder of our lives I'd like to read the last portion of verse 2 it says for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep actually if you go to the hebrew you don't find the phrase even in his you will notice that in our english translation it is in italics meaning to say it was just added there by the translator so that we could make sense of it but Literally, if we were to read it from the Hebrew and translate it, the literal translation would be, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Now, here we find the contrast. The contrast is, if God is not the builder of your life, your labor is going to be painful. It's going to be filled with anxiety. You're going to be filled with with a lot of worries That is what is going to happen. There will be restlessness. As I mentioned to you, you might even lose your own sleep. But here what God is saying, if you allow God to be the builder of your workstation, the builder of your business, the builder of your career, you will sleep well at night. That is the point here. You will sleep well at night. In other words, your mind will have peace. You will not be worried. You will not be anxious. But you will enter into a life of rest because you know that your God is sovereign. And you know that for as long as you are faithful to God, Philippians four nineteen is going to apply to you. But my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So brethren, let God build your work life. Let God build your family life. Let God build the city life. We will never go wrong if we allow God to build our lives. And what is the result of all of this? The result, my dear brothers and sisters, is the second applicational point. Enjoy the building of God in your life. And that is found in verses 3 to 5. You know, I've often wondered why it seems that the second part of this particular psalm seems to be disconnected. In fact, there are some Bible scholars who believe that these were two different psalms. The first part talks about one psalm, and then the second part is really another psalm as well, because some Bible scholars feel the disconnect between the first part and the second part. But I don't think that that is something that we can presume on. We need to think of this psalm as one whole psalm. So the question is, why then does it happen that in the first part, it's talking about the family life, the city life, and the work life. And now, in the second part, it merely talks about the family life. In fact, the children is the central emphasis of this second part. And here's what I believe is what the psalmist was probably thinking, what Solomon was thinking. One reason is that this second part could really be the emphasis. In other words, when it says unless the Lord builds the house, what Solomon was thinking, the central focus in his mind was how to build the family. Another option however would be this. Another reason is for us to see that the blessing of our city life and the blessing of our work life is quite similar to the blessing of our family life, specifically the blessing that comes upon our children. You see, it takes some time for us to see the blessing upon our children in the same way that it takes time for us to see the blessing of God upon our work life and even our city life. Now remember, I began this psalm with an introduction saying that Jesus, as a carpenter, was not merely doing woodwork, but he was also doing all the kinds of construction work. He was a builder. And when Jesus was talking about building a house on the rock, he knew exactly what he was talking about because he himself was a builder. Now, let me ask you this question. When you are building a house, what is the first thing that you do? When you're building a house, the first thing that you actually do is start on the foundation. And when you start on the foundation, what do you do? You have to start digging deep, all right? That is what you do. You start digging deep, and from there, you start building a foundation because that is what will strengthen. Your house. And right now, in this pandemic crisis, I believe that a lot of us are asking this question well, I don't see God building anything. I don't see God building my career. I don't see God in the business of nation building. I don't see God building our city. I believe that is probably what is in your mind. But you see, I believe what is happening right now is that God is working on the foundation. And as God is working on this foundation, we're not seeing anything. We're not seeing God building anything. But believe me, brothers and sisters, God is building. God is at work. In fact, when it comes to the church, and and I believe I'd like to be able to exhort my fellow pastors. I know that many of my fellow pastors right now are are greatly discouraged. Probably their their ministry was starting to to boom. It was starting to gather crowds. Maybe many opportunities were being given to them. Now, all of a sudden, they're quarantined in their own homes. and, And like many others, they're probably preaching through Cell phones merely. The sound quality is not nice. And they're thinking, I'm losing my congregation. I'm losing my people. How can God be building? But Jesus made that promise. I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not destroy it. The gates of Hades shall not prevail against the building that Jesus is making and I believe that is what he is doing friends I know and I have heard from the testimonies of our own brothers and sisters that many are coming to Christ their relatives their classmates their friends they're now paying attention they're now listening and some of them have actually accepted the gospel yes brothers and sisters we're not seeing anything But this is foundation work. God is building under, He is strengthening the church at this time. And I look forward to the time when you and I can gather again. And I believe when you and I gather again, we will see a church that is strong. A church that is built up and strengthened by the Lord. So continue to trust the Lord. My fellow pastors, continue to trust him, for he is in the business of building. Now, as I mentioned to you in verses 3 to 5, we must enjoy the building of God in our lives. And one of the buildings that God has given to us for us to enjoy is children as gifts. We find this in verse 3, and it says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord, the fruit of the womb is a reward. This verse is telling us that when we allow God to build our house, His divine favor comes upon our lives. And in this particular case, we find it says, Children are a gift of the Lord, the fruit of the womb is a reward. This is a sign of of God's favor. And this was true particularly in the Old Testament. When you had children, it was a sign of divine favor. And we can also use this in application in other aspects of our lives. God will give us gifts in every aspect of our lives, not only children, but He will give us gifts in our workplace, He will give us gifts In our city life, He will give us gifts in our national life. But here in in our own household, the fact that we have children is a blessing. And I'd like the parents right now who have babies right now, I'm sure that there are some who had babies during this COVID crisis. Some of you gave birth. I'd like you to see that as a blessing from God. It's a gift from the Lord. But not only that in verses 4 to 5 we are told that our children can be weapons. It says in verse 4 like arrows in the hand of a warrior so are the children of one's youth. Now what are arrows? Arrows are are implements of war. And what it is saying is that our children in fact can be weapons that are useful to combat the enemy, particularly the work of the enemy right now. I'd like to give you a quote coming from David Jeremiah. And this is what he says. An arrow goes to a place the archer cannot go to accomplish a purpose the archer cannot accomplish. With God's help, Christian parents raise their children in such a way that they become arrows sent out to good for God. Now taking David Jeremiah's thoughts, it is even possible that just like arrows, our children can actually achieve certain things that we ourselves as parents cannot achieve. And I find a, a good example in the case of Solomon. David, with all his victories and successes, was not able to build the temple. It was Solomon who was able to build the temple and it was Solomon who was able to extend the kingdom. The kingdom was at its zenith and at its highest success during the time of Solomon. This was achieved by David's son. Now just as a personal testimony on my part, I'm so thankful for My children, the children that God has given to me and Marie, obviously they're not perfect. They have had failures in their past. But then again, I'm so thankful to God with the way things have turned out for them. My son, TJ, mentioned in one of his preachings that he was the black sheep of the family. So it was far from my imagination that he would become a pastor. In fact, the lead pastor of one of the Living Word churches. And one of the things that God has allowed my son TJ to accomplish was to preach in Calvary Bible Church. Now, this is the church that John MacArthur's father preached in. And he, according to Pastor Tim Carnes, is the only Filipino who has preached in that place. Now think about the momentous historical event that has happened for a Filipino to preach in the pulpit of John MacArthur's father. That indeed is a blessing and a privilege that I, as a father, am proud of. My son, AJ, has become my associate pastor and... He has been very, very helpful. My books have been embellished as a result of his help because he has helped me out in in doing research so that I could add insights into the books that I am making. But not only that, he is my associate pastor and right now in this pandemic crisis, he has been very helpful to me. He is my director. He is my sound engineer. He is my cameraman. He is my editor. And so if if you find that his videos have been done in an excellent way, credit goes to my son, AJ. But not only that, uh, he is a part-time vlogger right now. And he has a following of 8,000 people. I mean, I don't even have that number When it comes to the Facebook page of my my wife and myself, we don't have that number of followers, but he has 8,000 followers. And God has opened doors for him so that he's able to speak in vloggers' uh, forums. So far, he has been invited twice, and his influence not only in our city has grown, his influence in the Philippines, and maybe even in the world, has grown as well. Now, this is something that God has blessed me with. They are like archers. You know, when I I used to do archery, when I was back in college, and, and when you fire an arrow, it goes beyond you. It is able to reach places that you are unable to reach. And my son, TJ, has been able to do that. My son, AJ, has been able to do that as well. And when it comes to my daughter Ahana, she uh, was able to compose songs for the Lord. Uh, Some of those songs have not yet been arranged, but those songs that she composed happened during some of the darkest moments in her life. But God gave her a song in the night, a song that has been a blessing. Now obviously I'm not a singer, my wife is a singer, but I am not a singer. And she is able to reach out people through music. And not only that, if you have somehow been enjoying the PowerPoint presentations, well, it is the work, the creative work of my daughter. And not only that, she is the one who uploads in our Facebook page uh, my manuscript as well as the PowerPoint presentation. So she's able to do certain things that I am unable to do. And I think this was really the thought of uh, Solomon when he was saying that like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. And I'd like to encourage you. Maybe some of you have children who are quote-unquote black sheep, just like my son, TJ. But look at how my my son turned out. You may have dreams for your own children to become successful, to become businessmen, or to become great career people. But God might have bigger plans. You may not know that God might even call them to become pastors. God might even call them to be the next Ravi Zacharias. We don't know. I mean... God is able to do that. God can perform miracles. And so, again, let me encourage you. Let God build our lives. God will do something beautiful if we allow Him to do that. And last of all, in verse 5, we find here children as defenders. It says in verse 5, How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Now the quiver is where you place the arrows. It is the casing of the arrows. So it says, How blessed is a man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. So how, however God gives you children, how, how many children are given to you, remember this, it is a blessing from God. And if your quiver is full of these arrows, these children, they can be a blessing to you. Now, it says here that they will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Now, one of the things that we normally do when we go to Israel is when we visit an ancient gate, or rather, an ancient city, I'm sorry, We do get to see, one of the first things that we do get to see is an ancient gate. Now, an ancient gate is very important because that is where all the transactions take place in the city, whether it's business transactions or civil transactions. And the context here actually speaks about uh, civil cases wherein our own children... Our own sons can be our own defenders. And you know, it cannot be avoided that some people uh, may not like us. It cannot be avoided that some people may even hate us. But God's vindication upon us would be our own children. When people see the godly lives of our children... When people see how we have been able to raise up our children as Bible believers, as, as good citizens, as great worshipers of God, we will be vindicated. People cannot argue with the fact that our children have lived godly lives. And so now, friends, as I close, I ask you this question. Who is the one who is building your life? Are you the one who is building your life? Is it your friends that is building your life? Is it your company? Is it your money that is building your life? I would like to tell you, if you are building your life, On these things, you are building your life on sinking sand. But if you build your life on Christ, you are building a life on a solid foundation. And you can never, ever go wrong. The storms will still come. The winds will still come. The floods will still come. And who knows how long this pandemic crisis will be. But one thing I know, your house will stand because you have let the Lord Jesus Christ to build your house. Let Jesus build your house, your city, your workplace, and everything else in your life, and it will be well with your soul. God bless you. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we, we thank you, and we bless you, O oh God, for your goodness in our lives. We cannot even imagine or measure the height, the width, the length, the depth of your goodness and your love. Why should we ever reject you, Lord? Why should we ever turn our backs on you when you yourself are seeking us and seeking to build our lives, Yet many people have turned their backs on you. And my prayer, O Lord, is that you will cause people to have certain realizations, realizations of their mortality, realizations of their fragility, realizations of their weakness, realizations of their insufficiency and inadequacy and when they have those realizations may they allow you to build their lives and they can never go wrong the moment they place their lives in your hands for you are the master builder we thank you Oh God for the opportunity to continue participating in the work of the Lord by giving our resources, that the work of God, the proclamation of the gospel might continue in our country as well as in other parts of the world. Bless your people even during these difficult times. And Lord, whatever has been achieved today, we give you back the glory, the praises and thanks. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And amen. Once again, God bless you. And please do not forget, please like and share this video. Share it on Messenger. Share it on Viber. Put it on your Facebook wall. Be proactive in sharing the gospel. Let's be part of this building process that our Lord Jesus Christ has begun in this pandemic crisis. God bless you all. Please stay safe. My wife says hi and goodbye. See you next time.